This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Here in the Northern Rockies, dark winter months are outlasted in basements, dens, and nooks, where kindred souls gather to share intel swap fly patterns, and relive the memories from seasons past. This gathering spot, known locally as a February room, is the inspiration for this podcast. No matter the season, the door is always open to those with a fly fishing story to tell. Brought to you by CD Fishing USA, the North American distributor for composite developments, fly rods, and fishing accessories. Tech, precision, ingenuity, legacy. Go to cdfishing.us and follow us on Instagram, YouTube, and Facebook. Here's your host, Lauren Carnop, and this is The February Room. Welcome to The February Room. My guest today is David Alexander. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thanks for having me. Happy to be here. You've had quite the musical career. But what a lot of people probably don't know about you is that you were a fly fisherman way before you were a famous musician. Um, yeah. So before we get into who you are, I want to hear a fishing story. Um, yeah, I, I grew up fishing um, since I can remember, really. Um, mostly fly fishing, from, actually all fly fishing from the start. So it bled further into my life into spin fishing, which I was just a road thing but we can get into that but um i'd have to think let's see a story a good story um that won't drag you along with boredom <laughs> into <laughs> an entire stretch of river with nothing um 
I was at a uh, bachelor party, a friend of ours, um, you know him well, well, Andrew Houston, and then Justin Carnup is part of the story. He's a main part of the story. Um, we had about 12 people, and we were all bass fishing on the John Day, but we had two drift boats there, and the place we rented was on the shore of the John Day River, and it was right in the right when the um, the water level, there's a period there on the John Day where in the middle of the summer, early to middle summer, where the water level, like right now, it's up pretty high and then it comes back down and the bass fishing just gets intense and it's like you know you're cruising through little canyon walls throwing your bass poppers into the rocks and letting them fall it's just like kind of like haphazard fishing you know <laughs> like uh, for a fly fisherman you're like you don't have to really caress much you're just throwing it out there and slamming it into the wall well i mean not every place but either way the bass are going crazy and we had two drift boats we had a keg on one of the boats and that was the second boat. And I was on that boat and we were kind of taking turns. I I do believe Justin was on the front boat. And so anyway, we're going down and we're doing really well. Everyone's just slamming fish, way too many beers going. Like I said, there's a keg in the back boat. We're cruising and I can see the front boat down the way about maybe a hundred yards in between the boats. Beautiful day, warm horses are around in the fields and there's like ranch fields coming into the river in certain spots. And we were in one of those spots. And I look up and Justin's throwing line, but it's going the other way. The line, an entire length of line. And it looked like, my first thought was, my God, he's got a monster. What the f- did he catch in there? I'm like, what? And I see him and he's turning his body around and it's going the other way. So the boat's going down river and his line's going kind of up river the further they get down towards the bank i'm like oh he's got a monster on oh my god and our boat's getting closer and then i see him just boom and he gets spooled and uh (laughs) it's so i really didn't know what happened because we were maintaining this distance and i'm just seeing no one else fishing for a second and the river kind of turns a few ways and it goes maybe like Ah, maybe 15 minutes go by, right? Maybe 10, 15 minutes. And uh, here's Justin, their front boat's pulled over. And there's a ranch truck at this little, we're going under a bridge and it's kind of got this left hook in the river. And he's pulled over and Justin's like, as I recall, he's like waving us on. But all I can do is, <laughs> so you just picture a bunch of good people with a keg in the boat, this rancher up there, he's pissed, red in the face, super pissed. And so in hindsight, and Justin could probably fill in the very end of the story after this part, but this is essentially what happened. He was getting out a ton of line and there was this large black stallion (laughs) just to the edge of the bank. And he had so much line out. And on the back cast, again, we had poppers going. I think that's what he was using, but it caught the mane of the horse. And the horse just freaked out and took off. And what I saw was him, <laughs> the horse running and spooling his line out. When I'm like, damn, he's got a monster on down there. So the horse <laughs> goes back to the ranch with a hundred plus feet of line, floating line, runs back to the house and the rancher got so pissed and came down and caught Justin on the edge and we floated by. And that's the end of that story. 
but it was absolutely incredible. It just goes down into like in my mind, one of the major stories, I'm sure in Justin's too. It's probably so. the biggest catch of his life, right? <laughs> Dude, it was so funny. I've told that story probably 35 times just to, to different people. <laughs> it's pretty incredible that you have this great fishing story, but what's even more um, interesting about you is that you have this amazing career um, as a rapper. Mm-hmm. And you've, can you kind of tell us a little bit about um, your work and what your kind of your history and current um, status of, what, yeah, of the music? Yeah, yeah. Interesting path. Like we were talking earlier before we started this, um, that it's a weird deal to be a kid from the backwoods of Oregon, you know, and um, well, not backwoods, but a little town in Oregon. And, and to have that dream of being a rapper, like when, well, whoever listens to rap and like Dr. Dre and Ice Cube and like this this early 90s rap, early 90s hip hop was really influential on in us in high school. And we were just kids with yellow Sony Walkmans, you know, just riding our dirt bikes around late, late 80s, early 90s. And uh, to completely date myself. But it was just, it, we were all so into it. Everyone, it didn't matter. And so rap overtook me. And I didn't necessarily set out to be like, oh, I'm gonna, I really want to be a rapper. I was a drummer. And so um, my drumming just always was there in my life. I'd have bands and different things and local things and regional things. I went to University, University of Utah and had a band in Salt Lake Valley. And, and when I was drumming, I started rapping and drumming. So I had a mic stretched into my face. And so I was, to me, I was just at the start of that band. I was just, uh, we were just kind of more of a jam, jamming, not jam band, but like a funk jam band. And then I started rapping with it. And uh, that's when I realized, whoa, I could actually do this. And slowly, I wasn't, I, but that became one of the main vocals of the band. And so then I jumped off the drums and sent out, I, I made a little rap album, kind of pretty amateur rap CD sent it all over the place because back then we didn't have the internet necessarily. I mean, we did, but it wasn't like we were still sending out promo packs with CDs and glossies and a written bio and all this weird, you know, sending them all over in a manila envelope. And I got signed to a company um, in Southern California. And that was, that was that. And I really, it was a weird deal because I, once it happened, I was like, Oh man, here we go. I really did this now. Cause (laughs) so I flew, I've been flying the, since then to now, back and forth to LA, back and forth to everywhere, out of Redmond, Oregon, which is not far from where I live. So I've kind of maintained this, I've never moved. But yeah, it's been an interesting, it's been a really interesting zone. I've done tons of tours, lots of tour busing, tons of figure eights around the US, overseas, you know, Japan tours. And it, it's it been it's been pretty exciting. And as of late, I've been doing... um. Well, I joined a band called the Cottonmouth Kings about 2010 and kind of did my work within the band for about eight years and then bounced back out of the band in no ill way just uh, to tackle my solo career again because I had a pretty broad solo career before I joined Cottonmouth Kings. And uh, so now I'm back in that zone. I remember going to your concert when you were here, um, when you guys were at the Wilma. Yeah, at the and, Wilma, yep. 
And it's interesting, and it was with the Cottonmouth Kings, and mm -hmm. there's this persona out there where you're just, you know, out there, and you've got the music going, and you're jumping, and you just have this idea that this person must be on the go, like that high, <laughs> no <laughs> pun intended, mm -hmm. that high of just constantly on the go, but that is not at all. Like when we went to, um, to visit your place. I mean, you live a very, very isolated, quiet farm, huge acres. You have animals. I know. Um, why is that? Why is that important to you? You know, I, I've just over the. It's an interesting question because I. It's almost like I. There was so. I've been on the road so much, and and I mean, not during this pandemic. Obviously, we can't even work till twenty twenty one. You know, there's no shows. There's nothing going on. We act like it's going to happen. It's not going to, it's not going to happen for a minute, but so all the things from literally when I went more national was like, like 2003 from 2003 on, I mean, all the stuff I did before it too had a role, but when you're on the road in a bus, just bumbling around a bunk and it's just for like half the year, you know, or more on the road. Ugh. I mean, it became so stressful for me. And it's still, well, not, I have, I shape it now to like where it's comfortable, but, um, boy, when you're forced to try and, you know, when you're really chasing hard and you don't necessarily know what you're chasing, but you're going and you're younger, it took a lot out of me. And then I found this property and I was like, oh man, this is perfect. You know, I'm going to really, I need this. Cause I was looking at smaller pieces and things. And then found this one it just so happened to have a ton of acreage and it's like a old ranch style setup little little cattle farm style setup there's elk pouring through it massive bucks i mean it's just way more than i could ever have imagined yes there are rattlesnakes and yes there are black widows and strange deathly insects and cougars prowling but it is, it's just absolutely amazing. And I think about the depth of it and I'm like, wow, this is much more than I asked for, but I needed it so much from all that touring that it's been a blessing. And yeah, it kind of has thrown me into a, um, just not thrown me, but into a different lifestyle. And it's, it definitely has changed me. I mean, shit, I have to think about what I'm wearing, muck boots and dirty pants all day. But at the same time, it's like a ranchy lifestyle and I like it and it's comforting to me and it makes me feel like healthy inside, you know, it's kind of a, not that the music world doesn't, but it is rough out there running hard. How did, how did fishing in the outdoors um, help with your career into rapping? I mean, those somehow have to be intertwined, right? Yeah, I think it comes out like a lot of the templates that I write, um, if you listen to my CDs, um, not every song. I mean, I do pose different, you know, views. But usually, when I write a song, I write a template for the for the listener, and they can kind of place their own body in the in the template. And then it so I kind of not n completely neutral rhymes, but a lot of them are, you know, backcountry ideas, living living your your life in the woods like a lot of my lyrics if you like go through the whole catalog you'll listen be like oh man okay this song this song this song so on every record i write there's at least three or four kind of down home back country vibe not country songs but just the, the the style of lyrics that i'm writing so yes it has a big 
a big part to do with it. And it's almost subconscious too. So it's like, it doesn't, I don't necessarily set out to do it all the time. I usually don't set out to do anything. It just kind of comes, but three or four of them end up being patterned around, you know, where I have lived and what I've done and how I've stayed out in the woods. Because again, the only way I've kept my sanity through all this is like, um, well, that sounds drastic, but it's helped me out to just live half my life in the woods, half my life on the road. Is there ever time when you are on the road that you can go out in the woods or go fishing? Yes. Yeah, so, okay, this is a whole nother thing that I did. And I used to tour a lot with this guy. We were kind of a, a co-branded package. And so we would tour a lot together. And he used to like the bass fish. You know, he was from Vegas and he's just a big bass fisherman kind of guy. You know what I mean? And, uh, and I did, the only time I did was like that, like on the John Day, like a few times every year, we'd get to fish the John Day. And uh, I mean, I'd bass fish, but never really spin fishing that much. And so, <laughs> so we toured a lot. There was like five or six years where he and I were just, I mean, we were on the road like six to eight months out of the year, just completely touring at all times of the year. But anytime we could, whether it wasn't winter, we would make sure we, we like the way we planned the tour and tour routed it or managed the tour. We would stay on the outskirts in little campgrounds and we would usually get a motor home and buy a tent. So we go to Walmart, the top of every tour. I tried to bring a fly rod a few times, but it just, I broke the thing and it, we were, it was out of control. So we would just go to Zeb, like the Walmart and get a Zebco pack, like a, with the little, press reel thing the little button and uh we just used those lures in there obviously get a few more and set ourselves up a little bit but that's how we got through and that's how we survived honestly the two of us because we love to fish a lot and it wasn't my ideal fishing setup but we would go wherever like we'd research like we had tons of fans too so we just hit up fans like where's a good you know where's a good stretch of river or a good pond to go or whatever where we can camp and set up our tent before tomorrow's show so we do that kind of thing and it went on and on and on i mean i can't even imagine i can't i can't remember how many times we bought zebco packs at walmart but so yeah it's, <laughs> it's kind of kept my sanity through the touring do you have a memory that kind of was like wow there was this one spot where me and me and my buddy went to and it was like the most epic memory oh man that was on the road yeah there's a few different weird ones for sure. But um, like we noodled one time with this guy, took us out noodling and we were in Missouri and we went, I'd noodled before, but he took us out at, to this weird pond. Well, it was a pond with a stream flowing in and out, in and out of it. And dude, I caught a massive one. I felt like it ripped my finger off. But anyway, that wasn't the story, but Jesus yeah, there's been some weird things. I've thought maybe we shouldn't have done this kind of thing. You know what I mean? A few times, like maybe we shouldn't. I mean, there's certain times and there's certain, and I love all my fans, but there are things that you can get yourself into too, you know, where you got to be careful. Like, what are you doing? I don't know. What if the guy jumped on us and smothered us out in the water? Um, so the t one time we were in Virginia Beach and we were staying, we were sleeping in a tent, in a hot tent. And it was hotter than hell. It was like, God, it was miserable. And this, these were the times when we were like trying to save money. You know, we were in a minivan that time and we were just like, oh my God, sleeping in a tent everywhere. But we were playing at this candy. It looked like a, 
It was on the main strip in Virginia Beach, and it was this candy cane looking called the Peppermint Company or something like that. There's venues that just change, and it really wasn't the nicest place. I don't know what we were doing. I don't know what we were on an ICP, an insane clown posse tour, actually. It was a big room, but it was nice. But we were there early, and the openers have to get there and, and like, you know, hang around and wait for their slot, and everything just sucks. And so we had time on our hands, and we, were, we, weren't, we had nowhere to go. It's not like we're going back to the hotel. We'll be back in a bit. I know we were there hotter than hell. And so we asked this kid on the street. He's like, oh, yeah, just down here by this this uh, overpass. We are just using like the heaviest thing in our Zebco pack. I think we bought some weird. We had these weird. They look like uh, woolly buggers, like woolly, like a super heavy weighted head. And then like these big woolly bugger looking things. They were black. I don't know. That's what I had on. And, and we... We're throwing them at those things underneath this bridge and slamming these striped bass. And they were massive. And this kid's, and then catching some other weird things. I honestly don't know what I should know, but I'm not even going to throw it out there. But we were right on the, you know, the ocean. So there was just weird things happening under there. But it was epic. We were there till we went on stage. We It didn't stop. We just kept just, I mean, and we were reeling up though. Like once we get them, we would have like 20 feet of, you know, wall to get them up and it was it was crazy it was really crazy but that was a road road one i mean we've had a lot like i don't know bear incidents and weird things that there's been a lot out there i want to hear the i want to hear this bear incident well we stayed at a place in colorado and we were camped and we were fishing for bass just off the shore walking around stupid bass fishing fun stuff just whatever and as we had a day off and uh we were no one was at the campground we're like this is sick no one's here my god and we we're as beautiful i mean there was just we were in the forest and on this lake but it was like the edges there were it was like a reservoir kind of thing maybe it was cherry creek reservoir i don't know but something and so we uh had our tent set up we started, I started, I started realizing I was walking around cause I, have, I was on my own. We kind of split off and went different ways around the edge of the lake or the reservoir. And I started realizing no wonder no one's here. Everything's just locked down. There's bars over everything. I'm, I went on my phone and at that time we had, uh, it was when we had sidekicks and they were like these cheesy, I don't know if you remember sidekicks. They look like you're playing a video game kind of thing. You fly the screen out. <laughs> Anyway, I went on there and we had service. I looked up the place and where we were full, obviously. I mean, I just was thinking, I mean, come on, Dave. And so I went back. I'm like, dude, and it was getting dark. I'm like, we're in bear country right here. Freaking bear country. And and so <laughs> we went into, we slept, we had this big tent. We were all three in there, just kind of like on the edges, like in a little pattern with everything in the middle. And uh, went to sleep and I was so freaked out. I was like, this is the worst decision ever. I'm with two people that have never even been, I, I would have packed up quick, you know, like if it had been me, I'm like, oh, well, I'm not going to camp right here where the bears right next to the trash cans where they're all scattered around the place where they come eat, it's maybe a little ways off or something. But so they're like, no, we got to get to bed. And it was just a forceful deal. I remember it kind of being uncomfortable, like, well, f and so um, in the two hours later, banging around i'm like oh my god i sat up we all sat up i'm all bears 
And then we heard them snorting around. They were like right behind us. They well, maybe like a hundred feet at this one. They're trying to open the bars on the thing. It was crazy. And what did we do? <laughs> we bailed and we left the tent. We left everything and it gets better. We left everything and we went, we went, well, we grabbed everything inside and then we jammed to the car because it was right there and just took off and left the tent. We're leaving the tent. That's all we're doing. He's like, leave the tent. It was amazing. If you'd been there, you'd been like, oh my God. So some good things that come on the road, right? Is when you get the downtime and you get to kind of like have these great. Yes. Yes. And in hindsight, like we're doing now, it makes me feel like I hate memories coming up because as you get older, you're like, no, don't stop. Those are amazing. More, you know, like especially road stuff where you're in a city. I mean, you're just like you don't get that opportunity every day you know to every city every place and i just you just really gotta that's where my head is now it's like okay recreate you know make it so again because it's a in it's an enriching lifestyle you don't have to do it all the time but to be experiencing different towns and stuff it's like i'm addicted to it in a way so i almost thwart my memories off like no 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 no. like some fun thing comes up i'm all uh-uh might never happen again let's keep this to god so it's a weird thing it's a blessing and a curse kind of yeah so you you aren't planning on uh retiring anytime soon no no especially not because uh again it's not a happy deal and i'm not proud of it but i'm divorced no kids i'm a rapper it is what it is I mean, I love it. I'm a producer too. So that's what I'm trying to get more into. I, I like, I used to make tons of beats and all this stuff. So now I've got this new computer. My DJ's helping me get back online basically. And so I'm trying to create this and keep it going. But the road life and the albums, I just have not achieved what I want to achieve. And so, which is fine. Like we talked earlier, we've achieved a, achieved a ton, but it's like this drive is still there. And if I let it go, I'm going to be miserable. And that's kind of what I said. And now I know why Willie Nelson just is like, I'll do shows till I'm dead, you know? <laughs> well, that's really good to know that the dirt ball isn't hanging the microphone anytime soon. But going back to your hometown in Oregon, I know you were um, close to some great steelhead water. Have you ever caught one before? Um, oh, my gosh. Okay, yeah. Yes. There's a few. See, when things happen, especially when you know when you're by yourself, there's a lot when you're by yourself that you, you know, I'm not this story again. I have to tell this story. And I know it's just, I am in, I'm involving Justin Carnup in these stories because I have to, cause he's who I fished with <laughs> most of my existence. <laughs> so he was there. Um, but yes, you know, when you're, especially like when you're any type of fishing, when you're out fishing it, amazing things happen when you're by yourself, you know, and you're like, God, how come no one's there for this situation? God damn it. But, uh, so on the opposite note of that, um, Justin was running some clients from warm springs to trout Creek on the Deschutes river. And I had this 16 pass van that it was like this white van that I, um, had for band stuff before I exploded my band in Salt Lake and then started rapping in that that era. I was kind of in Central Oregon when I was trying to recreate myself and um, and then calling myself the Dirt Ball, which is amazing. Sorry, but so, <laughs> God, what do you call yourself? 
poop bag. Okay, cool. <laughs> no, the thing, the reason I did that is because so people can Google it, you know, and it pops up when you search it. It's like, it's the first thing. Um, so anyway, we're down there or I'm bagging the trip for him. Kind of like doing a, not a full bag, but like the dinner setup, grills and food time at the end of the day trip kind of deal. And so Justin explicitly says, and I have my little i think it was a five weight actually it might have been six weight this little sage rod just for dry fly fishing and small stuff and uh i just i i've been to trout creek that a lot of times but i hadn't remembered these certain seams and these certain um two runs that are like right at the boat ramp one in particular it's just the best you're just looking at it like oh there's steelhead packed right in there dude they're just sitting right there like oh my god my god and he had said don't fish the camp water that was all i know is that he's all please don't fish the camp water because they don't know what they're going to be getting down the river you know and these clients he had were like it was like three dudes i want to say three kind of stuffy you know where's the fish justin and so he's all, don't fish the camp water, please. I said, I won't. I will not fish the camp water. I'm going to set everything up, get all the food ready and everything else. And um, I pull down there. I get it ready. I'm looking at the river like, oh, boy, it just looks delicious. There's a fish sitting there. And I was there forever. I was there for like three or four hours before they, you know, came in, came, showed up, started getting dusky. And I'm like, oh. God, I'm like a crackhead sitting there. Like my knees are shaking. I'm like, there's steelhead right here and they're, <laughs> they're ready. And I, so I'm like, fuck it. You know what? There's more than one is what I thought in my mind. I said, there's more than one. And so I, I roll up above this. I, I roll in there and I start swinging flies through there with my five weight. Right. And I'm going and I'm, ho I'm, I'm really not even thinking. I'm like, what am I? I boom, one hits, takes me so far. It just zips across the river. I'm like, oh no, this thing's like 20 pounds or something. Like, well, I'm thinking, oh dude, this is huge. Like, I'm literally holding onto the rod in the in the middle, like where it connects. I'm holding it, trying for it not to break. And I'm I'm like. A pretty at this point I'm pretty deep I'm like just below my waders and I'm like oh man I'm starting to bounce down the river I'm like here I did it and all these motions are coming over like oh shit, don't fish the camp water oh my god oh my god I start feeling horrible I'm like what do I do it's already out of the it's already all oh my god and so work it Dave and I'm like I snapped into it like you got to get this fish something totally took over like <laughs> not screw the camp water deal but in a way i'm like well someone's got to pull in a steelhead they can have it is what i was thinking <laughs> and, uh, so anyway i worked this fish down river like i don't know it was probably a good couple like 150 yards i don't know it took me down i, I was like trying to anyway i finally got it out and uh and the pound it was a big it was a nice it was a nice steelhead hatchery i mean it was like a it was a nice bright chrome steelhead i'm like and honestly to this day i can't remember it had to be talked about 
I don't remember. You'll have to ask him. It was just so classic, dude. I was like, I can't forever forget that because I, I just, I shouldn't have fished the camp water. So if anyone wants to listen to your new music or mm-hmm. um, support you as an artist, um, how do they get a hold of you? Or how can we support um, your new upcoming albums? Awesome. Um, well, I'm on, I'm on obviously on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, and those are all backslash or forward slash the dirt ball one word the dirt ball you can search any of those platforms on facebook twitter instagram the dirt ball or you can go to throttle house inc which is a company i set up i don't want to say well i mean it's my own it's me selling me (laughs) (laughs) the best product have a piece of me (laughs) can you send me the payment for me (laughs) <laughs> so thank you me um it's throttlehouseinc.com throttlehouseinc.com and that's kind of like my record label and that's where i go i'm trying to function out of um the next album is called back of the woods and i'm releasing it in october middle of october and again you'll be able to go to throttlehouseinc.com and um order it there you can listen to it there it'll be on all platforms like you know, all the Spotify's and titles and TikToks and everything you want to get it. So, so it'll be out there. But, um, so yeah, comes out October and here is a, uh, little snippet of it. Hold up, raise your arms, let the party be you. It's high time we be having fun. That's how we got left to do. For the inside scoop on the fly patterns we've discussed with our guest, check our blog for Flies of the February Room. If you would like to enter the February Room, shoot us an email at info at cdfishing.us. Also, remember to subscribe, share, and if we've earned it, give us those five stars. Thanks for dropping by, and remember to go fishing. Smoke clouds and dope crowds are so high. All of those in favor come with me, now let's fly.